welcome to the garden. Welcome to another episode of The Garden. I am so excited that y'all are here specifically for this week's episode. It's going to be raw and uncut and it's going to be, you know, just just truly um, a moment of vulnerability for me. So if this is your first time tuning in, thank you for checking out The Garden. If you are a returning listener, Please, please, please continue to share this podcast with um, your friends, your family, your colleagues, your coworkers, and also thank you for your continued support. The garden, a place where things can grow, right? I tell y'all that all the time. I tell y'all that I'm going through life with y'all. So at the same time that I'm sharing encouraging messages with y'all, like I'm actively living this thing out, right? So let me tell y'all about the most recent drama in my life and how I was able to see God show up in it. So back in April, it started again. Hi, I'm in the Midwest. For those who are listening outside of my community, y'all probably like, where are you at? I'm in the Midwest. And so in the Midwest, we get really cold, but then we can get really hot. So in April, my air conditioner stopped working. And um, the good thing about it is when my air conditioner stopped working, it didn't immediately get hot in my apartment. So it was it was bearable, I would say. You know, I had strategies on how to manage the temperature in here. You know, I would keep my shades closed. I would run the ceiling fan. You know, all the things that you come up with on how to make it through tough times. So, so follow me here because there are three things that I want y'all to take from this. So my air conditioner stopped working. I notified my landlord, boom, bow, pow. He sent the maintenance guy. Maintenance guy wasn't able to do anything. I neglectfully just kind of let time go on and on because again, it wasn't getting hot in here, right? So then May hit to start to get some of those 89, 90, 91 degree days. So I was like, oh, okay, a little bit toasty. But my apartment is still cooler than what it is outside. So I let it go. Around beginning of June, I started to notice like papers in my house would be starting to get a little damp. Like it would feel, you know, I started to notice the humidity rising. And I notified my maintenance team again, which started this long road that I'll I'll tell you guys about shortly. But I want you to hear that I have been in this season of discomfort since April. It is now July as I'm recording this message, okay? So I get to July. It is now extremely humid in my apartment, so much so that it's actually starting to become hot in the apartment, not Hot as in like, oh my gosh, like I can't go to sleep, but definitely hot in the way that's like, man, this is gross. Like I can't even have people over because if more than one of us move around at the crib, it's going to be hot. We're going to be sweating, right? So I wasn't hosting things. I wasn't really trying to make too much noise. I would notify maintenance. Hey, this is the problem. This is the problem. So they start sending in maintenance man after maintenance man after maintenance man. It was always some excuse. Oh, we need this part. Oh, it's working. Oh, it needs refrigerant. Oh, it needs this. Oh, it needs this. At the same time, 
I'm still living in discomfort. And I parallel this to life because there are times where we're in seasons that are hard and people are making promises to us like, oh, we got your back. Oh, we'll help you financially. Oh, we'll offer you this job. Oh, we'll admit you into an educational program. We we always hear like this this feedback kind of in the back of our minds during these situations. And the only thing that we're still thinking is, but my season hasn't changed. I'm still struggling. I'm still suffering. So anyway, we're now in July. I decide I'm going to take a vacation. I have worked hard. I have received so much good feedback at work. I just want to go on vacation. So I do. I take a 10-day vacation. I come back home. It's about 2 o'clock on a Sunday morning. I walk in, throw my bags down, jump in the shower. I go to bed. I wake up. In about 7 hours, I'm getting ready to go to church. And I reach to grab my sexy leopard print loafers. And there's mold covering the entire shoe. And as I'm looking at the shoe, I'm like, what the H-E double hockey sticks is this? And then that's when it starts to be revealed to me like shoe after shoe after shoe covered in mold. So I'm pissed. I bag all this stuff up. At this point, I've collected a total of about 10 or 12 pairs of shoes. I'm like, okay, whatever, I can throw this away. Now I'm mad because I'm starting to realize the problem that I continue to let linger with no AC and this high humidity has now turned into mold. It's turned into an issue in which now I'm losing my property. So, you know, I was like, okay, I can lose a few pairs of shoes. I can work through that. Well, then I go in the kitchen after I get dressed. I'm going to grab probably a water bottle. For some reason, I was in the kitchen ready to open the cabinet. And I noticed that there is freaking mold on my kitchen cabinet. And that is when I lost it. I was so upset. was so, 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 so very upset. Because now... I have pride about my home. I have pride about the effort that I put into maintaining a nice home. I am prideful about the fact that who the heck wants mold in their kitchen? So now I'm going through cabinets and I'm like, do I need to throw stuff out? And how deep is this? Then I noticed that there's mold down on the rug. Like there just was, there just was mold every place, right? So I'm telling my landlord, I'm like, dude, like I need you to come fix my AC. It was one thing for me to live in discomfort. It's another thing for me to live in disgust. And that is at the place that that's the point that I had reached. I was at the at the point of disgust. And so, again, maintenance man comes out. No resolution. Then the maintenance man tells me he's quitting working for the landlord because the landlord refuses to pay him. So like all this drama is going on and the only thing that I'm thinking is I need to get this fixed because as long as it's humid in here, I'm going to continue to lose stuff, right? Long story short, I went through a whole process. I contacted Housing and Neighborhood 
development. I had to file a formal report with them. I contacted an attorney. I contacted my renter's insurance. Renter's insurance said that they were not going to cover the lost property because they cover mold. Um, my, my plan includes a mold provision so long as it was something like a flood or a leak. They don't cover it because of landlord negligence. So here I am thinking at this point, like I have lost so much stuff and I'm not going to get it back. And I remember I cleaned every inch of my apartment. I pulled things out of storage and I had to throw away luggage sets that had mold on them, like furniture, just just so much stuff had to be thrown out in order for me to get this mold out of here. And it was more so like I could have scrubbed it down with household cleaners and, and done all the things that they tell you as remedies online. But but it wouldn't be the same. Like, how do you scrub a pair of loafers with bleach and then think that they're going to be OK? They're not. They're going to be stained. They're going to be ruined. Right. So I just I just tossed it all out. I cleaned every inch of my apartment. I was frustrated. I was furious and I was determined to to get some type of resolution. And so one thing that I kept telling myself throughout all of this, and this is where I want to leave you guys with three points. There were three things that I learned through this whole process. The first one was to lean in. And I'll unpack that in just a minute. To lean in. The second one was sometimes getting rid of things actually makes room. Getting rid of things actually makes room. I'll unpack unpack that as well. And then the last thing was that I really had to embrace that it's hard. And even after the situation is fixed, it's okay to, to still experience emotional distress. Okay. So, so let me tell you why these three things were, I feel that they were my life lesson. So the first thing I have been in a season of praying for my husband. Don't know who he is. Don't know where he is, but I've been praying for him because in my mind, I'm like, you know what? If I can cover us in prayer now, I feel like we will be living off of those prayers for a lifetime to come. But one thing that I have been praying about specifically in this season, it's not Lord, send them to me. Lord, I'm ready to be married. It's Lord, give me the strength and the skill set to lean in to my marriage when things get tough, to lean into my husband when things get tough. So I've shared some of this before on other episodes. I have issues being able to walk away from things and from people so quickly and so easily and without justification. I am so good at cutting someone off or keeping them at a distance. And I I have been thinking about in these last years of my life, how important it is to not live like that in your family, in your marriage. I can't just cut my kids off. I can't just isolate them and push them away when they make a mistake or when they hurt me. I can't do that with my husband. If anything, when things get hard, I might be irritated and ready to throw him through a wall or run him over with a car. 
that's fine. But I can't just pack up and walk away from him. I have to be able to lean in to our marriage. And so I had been so nervous that I was incapable of doing that. And I felt like that's the reason why God hadn't sent me my person. So I had been in this constant dialogue with God, like, help me to be able to lean in to my husband and asking God if I was even built to do that. Am I built to be married? And so with this situation with my air conditioner, I had tons of friends and church family and, and, and neighbors that were like, Hey, you can come and stay with us. We have a guest room. Hey, like come sleep on our couch. Like, Hey, like we have, we can make space for you in our home. And I kept turning that down because I was telling myself the same way I need to lean into my marriage when it's uncomfortable is the same way that I need to sit in the, in the discomfort of my home right now. I love my home. I am proud of the home that I have been able to create. And so I can't run from it just because it gets hot or because it gets uncomfortable or because there is something like mold that is invading my space. I can't run from it. I can't let let the heat and the humidity and the mold take from me the thing that I love so much. And that's the same thing that I was feeling and praying for with my marriage, like, Lord, when things get, when things happen, when mistrust happens, when arguments happen, when financial hardship happens, if Lord, Lord willing, it doesn't, but if infidelity happens, if lying happens, if stealing happens, if my feelings get hurt, if, if I hurt someone, if, if our pride gets in the way, if our arrogance gets in the way, if envy gets in the way, Lord, whatever it is that takes on that form of being that discomfort, that heat, that humidity, that mold, whatever it is, Lord, like, let me not run from it, but let me be able to lean into you and to lean into my marriage. And so I chose to sit in the discomfort of this apartment every single day. And it was hard. There were nights where I would wake up like pouring sweat. There were times where I would sit in my bed and, and literally just cry from frustration and anger, but still knowing that I was choosing every day to be there. So that was one of the greatest blessings was to be able to do that and to prove to myself that I could. Now, granted, this is not the same intensity as a marriage. I've never been married. I can't speak to the intensity of a marriage. But from what I've seen, from what mentors have shown me, from the the um, community of believers that I have that have shown me what 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 healthy marriage looks like, it's a strong parallel. Just the concept in general. The other thing that that is just as important as leaning in is I was thankful on on this past Sunday when I woke up. I woke up to a knock on my door. I'm like, who the heck is knocking on my door on a Sunday at nine o'clock a.m. It was the maintenance guy that I had not met previously. And he was like, I heard you're having AC problems. I'm here to fix it because they had gotten notified by this, by um, the housing and neighborhood development department that they had 24 hours to fix it. It was an emergency request. And so the guy comes in, y'all, and I kid you not, he was here for maybe 45 minutes and he fixed my AC. And I remember sitting in the living room and feeling the cool air 
come through for the first time. And I'm crying and I'm emotional about it because it was so hard. But I'm so thankful that when it shifted and when things changed, I am so thankful that I was there to experience it. And I think about that when it's come to my career, when it has come to my faith. There have been times, y'all, where this thing has been hard physically, emotionally, and spiritually, these things have been hard, but I'm thankful for the ability to sit there and endure and and pursue faith long enough that when it changed, when that air started to blow through that vent, when that promotion came for my job, when that, when that apology came from the person that hurt me, when that freedom came from those soul ties and that bondage, I was there and I was present and I was ready to receive it. And so that's my encouragement to you all today is sometimes it is hard, but you have to be willing to lean in and you, and you, and you have to know that you can do it. And when it finally breaks, when things finally shift, you have to be present so that you can experience it. Woo! Got me crying on the podcast, Jesus. So I'm thankful for that. The other thing that I mentioned was getting rid of things sometimes makes room. And so the the reality that I had lost so much did not hit me until I was getting ready for church the morning after my air conditioner was fixed. Because at that point, the place had been cleaned from top to bottom. Now the air conditioner was fixed. So I was going to grab again shoes. And I realized I had nothing to wear. All I had was like a couple different options of some old navy sandals that I had bought, which were by the cute. They were really cute, by the way. They were like $6. But anyway, I usually try to wear like a pump or a wedge or something to church and I didn't have it. And so I was looking in my closet and my closet was so empty from everything that I had to throw out. And that's when the emotion really set in. That's when it really like, that's when I finally was like, all right, I'm going to cry and feel all of these emotions because looking at what appeared to be emptiness, what appeared to be massive loss, that was hard. So much value had been placed into those things that I lost. And it was in that moment that I was, that I was really breaking down that I heard God say to me, don't count it as a loss consider it me making room. And I was like, God, what does that mean? Making room for what? Making room for who? And I don't have those answers yet, y'all. I don't know what God made room for, but there was immediately this sense of like, all right, I, it's, it's going to be fine. It's, it's going to be okay. This loss is not a loss. It is making room. And so as I sit in my guest bedroom right now, and I'm looking at this, the emptiness of this closet, I'm just thanking God for making that room for whatever is to come. I don't have to know what it is that's coming. I just now know that I'm prepared to receive it. And so I'm thankful for that. So the first one was lean in and be there when you're when the situation shifts. 
The other one was be okay with losing things because it can just as much be about God making room more so than something being lost. And then the third thing was understanding that just because the immediate circumstances change, that doesn't mean that you won't still experience emotional distress. So yes, I have air conditioner right now. It feels amazing in my home. Yes, things are clean. Yes, I lost some things and God made room. That's all fine. But the emotional turmoil that I went through is I still feel it, right? I still am working past that. I'm still working past the financial strain. So I remember I went to church after my AC was fixed and after I couldn't find a cute pair of shoes. And we were in praise and worship and I just broke down. Like I was so thankful and so excited, but I was also so emotionally overwhelmed and drained. And people will sometimes look at you like, why are you crying? Shouldn't you be praising? Shouldn't you be smiling? Shouldn't you be jumping for joy? And the reality is sometimes the pain still lingers even when situations change. So even when they apologize to you, it may still hurt. Even when they tell you that their actions are changing, you may still be hurt. You may still be disappointed. You may still have church hurts. Even though you've moved to a new city, a new state, a new church home, a new church denomination, you may still be carrying with you emotional traumas and baggage that you have to deal with. And it's okay to feel those things. So many times we think that because God intercedes, that means all things are now happy. And that's not true. That's not always true. And so being okay with knowing that the remnants of the situation may still be with me, but I'm actively leaning in and I'm actively trusting that God is making room. And it's okay for me not to feel like everything is perfect or everything is without fault. And we shouldn't get mad at ourselves if we're not as happy as people think we should be. Right. We don't we don't owe it to anyone to showcase happiness. And so I want to encourage you all with those things. Um, this was a longer podcast and I have typically been doing the last several weeks, but it was really something that I just felt on my heart. And I felt like God had this message for people other than myself. And so the scripture that I use to get through this season And to really kind of center myself into focus was 2 Corinthians 4, 6 through 10. So I'll read this scripture and then I'll pray us out. And I really hope that you are encouraged by this testimony today. Again, this is the garden. This is where, this is the place where things grow. So you got to see and hear about growing pains that I'm actively working through. This is not me looking back and saying, well, 10 years ago, this is what I had to learn and I learned it and mastered it. No, this is me actively growing with you and trusting God in so many of these areas. So 2 Corinthians 4 verses 6 through 10, it says, and I'm going to read the NIV version. It says, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. So I want to break that down before we move forward. This is pretty much saying 
And the big homie that said, let, let light shine out of darkness. He also gave us the light to shine in our hearts, which is the knowledge of knowing who God is and of, in of having a relationship with Jesus. So the same person who said, let there be light is the same person who said, and here's this light for you to hold. That's all that is saying. Verse seven, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all surpassing power from is from God and not from us. And so here's my favorite part. Verses eight through 10. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. And so starting again at verse eight, we are hard pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. Imagine when things are constantly coming at you and they're hitting you head on. They're hitting you from the left. They're hitting you from the right. They're trying to take your knees out. They're punching at your ankles. It's just like your mind is just being hit with so many things. Hard pressed on every side, but to know that you're not crushed, perplexed. So maybe you're confused. Maybe things ain't making sense, but but the scripture tells you that you're not in despair. Persecuted, people talking down on you, people doubting you, speaking word curses over your life. You got a freaking crazy landlord that refuses to fix your AC. So you over here in 90 degrees in your home, just persecuted. But God tells you, you're not abandoned. And even when you get struck down, When things actually hit you and bring you to your knees, when illness hits you, when depression hits you, when imposter syndrome hits you, yes, you get struck down, but you are not destroyed because you always, as verse 10 says, carry around in your body the death of Jesus. And I love that it says the death of Jesus because the reason why Jesus died is because he was conquering all of the things that they just talked about in verses eight and nine. He conquered being pressed. He conquered being perplexed. He conquered being persecuted. He conquered being struck down. And that all looked like death so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our in our body. And so I want to encourage you with that. When you are going through hard times, please, 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 please hear me. Please hear me. The same God that said, let there be light is the same God that will create light in your dark situations. And so we're going to go ahead and pray out. I really hope that this episode inspires you, encourages you, share it with people that you think just need to hear this message. Share it with people that you feel need a little bit of encouragement. Play this episode on repeat. And wait for something to stick. But if nothing else, I want you to tap into this scripture, 2 Corinthians 4, verses 6 through 10. So we'll pray out. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for leaning in to me and allowing me to lean in to you. Thank you for counting the tears. 
the hairs on my head, the words that I speak, the prayer requests I'm too scared to even mention. Thank you for always knowing me by name, by destiny, by purpose. I thank you that even when it looked like I had lost stuff, you made room for blessings. So I pray blessings over everyone who hears this episode and and not just blessings in the physical, but blessings in the spiritual and in the emotional as well, Lord. I pray peace over everyone who hears this episode. I pray understanding. I pray patience. And I I feel this word restoration, oh God. As people lean into you, I thank you that you are restoring their homes, their parenting, their marriages, their educational goals, their finances, their physical health, their mental health. Oh God, I thank you that you are in the business of restoration. So Lord, thank you for restoring the areas of me that needed so much hope and so much promise. And I thank you for the garden and being able to grow with all of our listeners. Lord, we love you. We choose to surrender to you. And we ask that you continue to be with us every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Woo! Heavy episode. Thank y'all for letting me cry with y'all and be emotional and be vulnerable. Thank you for growing with the garden. I hope to see y'all next week.